Uh, it's my great privilege to introduce Marsha this morning, who's going to share the Word of God with us. One of our mighty anointed women. Thank you. That was a welcome. Could we have the first slide? Now, before the slide go up, goes up, when you see the picture, you have absolute freedom to burst into song. And I'd really love for people to burst into song when you see the image, okay? Are you ready? Okay, go. Sorry, Gail, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> what song comes to mind? <laughs> okay, Rachel's ready. I'm counting on you, Rach. I'm sorry, Gail. Family. I got a oh, Come on, everyone. Get up, everybody, sing. Excellent. Well done. I think we should give each other a round of applause that. So we were, I was going to have a bit of a, a video intro and I was going to play the song and then I thought technically I wasn't that great and also I thought actually it'd be more fun for us to sing it. So um, this, the title of what I'm speaking about today is His Family, Our Family, Your Family. Is it okay me standing here or is it, am I in the way of the visual? Okay. So... When I was preparing for today, um, I was kind of, it was the, the plan was to do a bit of a follow-on preach from my last speech. So I was writing loads of notes about the things that I was feeling following on from there. And then uh, it was just pages and pages of notes and looking up verses. And I was thinking, oh, how is it all tying together? Um, so then I just looked back at the notes and I was reading all the notes and I was reading the verses and I just sat on the table and I just felt this burden. Um, I was reading lots of Ephesians and just felt this burden of God's heart for the church again. And it was all related to the church. But, and I just sat there and, and was crying and crying. Um, and I have had that at different times, but not, not for a while. And I just felt, I was thinking, what are these tears? And I just felt it was that intense sense of God's heart for the church and so I just sat and waited and said oh father what what are you wanting me to say what bits do you want me to bring what bits do you want me to leave how do you want to put this together and then I felt father God speak to me and and he said some specific things and out of those specific things then everything else kind of pinned together um and I know what I was feeling and it will become evident as I carry on. Um, I know Rachel and Jules, as prophets, have been feeling very strongly God's heart for the church. I know Rachel had something in November, and then Jules has had something in this year. Both of them and Rachel had something else at the beginning of this, thinking, both of them waiting on God and saying, God, what are you saying? What, I what is your heart for the church? And God has been speaking to them about things that when then I heard this, what Father God said to me, and I looked back at the notes, I was like, oh, it's the same thing. Obviously, there's different details, but it's the same heart of the Father wanting to speak to us. So um, I think I said this last time. I feel, to be honest, when I was writing on the preach, I thought, do you know, I think I'm saying the same thing as I spoke on last time and the same thing as the time before that, but just slightly different emphasis. And I think it's because 
um, God has put in me a burden for the church and his heart for the church. So I think, to be honest, every time I stand up here, be expectant to probably hear about the church because it's just something he's put in me. But I feel specifically for now, this is what Father's message is to us. And he's confirmed that you know, through Rachel and Jules as well. And I just encourage you, if you want to hear more of what he's spoken to them about, to go to them and ask them about it because it's fantastic. Um, so this is the message. This is what I felt him say. Um, if we could have the next slide up. He said, I love my children so much. I want my children individually to know how loved they are, to be secure in that, and to know they are valued, treasured, and unique. I love my family, and I want my children to love being in my family. I want my children to love each other and love being with each other. And finally, I want our family to grow in maturity and in size. So that's the essence of the message today. I just need to have a bit of water. So I won't apologise because I might get quite emotional as I'm speaking because it feels like it's so deep within me. And then um, when I've even been thinking about today, I felt quite tearful at times, just that really feeling it. So we're going to start with the first point. I love my children so much. I want my children individually to know how loved they are, to be secure in that and know they are valued, treasured and unique. Could we have the next slide, please? Ah. Oh. I thought I'd hear, ah, look at that image. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, A father holding, well, I'm imagining it's a father holding their newborn baby. Could we have the next slide, please? 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And Colossians 3 verse 12 said, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That's our identity. That's what, who we are. We are the holy and dearly loved ones. We're God's children. So if we look back to the picture of the dad and the baby, um, I'd just love you to think about what do you think the father is thinking when he looks at that baby? If you could turn to the person near you or around you or behind you and just have a little chat about what you think that father might be thinking. Right, so could we have some people shouting out, what do they think? Some ideas. John. Excellent, what a wonderful miracle. Great, thank you, John. Overwhelmed with love, thank you, Sarah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's lovely, that picture of him cradling that baby. Ruth? Yeah, yeah. Anything? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so he's not just seeing that baby, is he? he's seeing everything that comes after. Thank you, yeah, great. Has the baby earned that, that, those feelings? Has the baby earned those thoughts? No, it's just because the baby is his child. And the baby is in his family. That 
is what has provoked that father to say and to think all of those things. It's not because the baby has done anything to deserve those those thoughts. That that father, um, I can't remember who said, has will vow to protect that baby and to to love that child no matter what, just because he is his and he's in his family. Now, could we have the next two slides, please? Or the next one, sorry. Now, obviously, that baby will grow up, and that baby won't always be that beautiful, smiling, responsive baby in the father's arms. The baby will have choices as he grows up to choose how he responds to the father. He may withdraw. He may be grumpy. He may even make mistakes. Could we have the next one, please? Have you, have you witnessed? I know one parent here has found their child drawn all over their wall. <laughs> the, same, the sofa, the bathroom. But the desires of the good father don't change. The father still wants the very best for his child. This father will still vow to love and protect the child. Still want, always wants the best for his child. And you know that's the father hearts for us. No matter how we respond, whether we're grumpy like the first picture whether we withdraw from him whether we make mistakes and get make a load of mess the father's heart towards us is still that he wants the very best for us that he is our dad that he will protect us that he loves us do you know that we are as aware of his great love for us as much as we let ourselves be I'm going to say that again. Do you know that we're aware of his great love for us as much as we let ourselves be? We need to be encountering his love and soaking in his love all the time. And there are practical things that we can do to facilitate this. Are we reading our Bibles regularly to renew our minds with the truth of his love for us and as our place as his beloved children? Are we worshipping him? In the Psalms, there's a pattern, isn't there, of David. He comes to God. He's feeling sometimes overwhelmed with what is going on around him. And he's pouring that out to God. And by the end of the Psalm, he's got a completely different perspective because his awareness is more of God and his love and his power than of what's going on around him. Bill Johnson says, I try to live in such a way that nothing gets bigger than my awareness of God's presence in my life. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, Every day is an opportunity for God to reveal more of his love, grace, and kindness to you. Like Pete just said about us praying about the building, it's not a problem, it's an opportunity for God to show his faithfulness, isn't it? Um, The next, could we have the next slide, please? Mother Teresa said this, God made the world for the delight of human beings, If we could see his goodness everywhere, his concern for us, his awareness of our needs, the phone call we've waited for, the ride we're offered, the letter in the mail, just the little things he does for us throughout the day. As we remember and notice his love for us, we just begin to fall in love with him because he is so busy with us. You just can't resist him. I believe there is no such thing as luck in life. It's God's love. It's his. That's amazing, isn't it? And you can tell... If you look up online Mother Teresa quotes, it's just amazing. Obviously, Mother Teresa was known for what she did, isn't it? She doesn't, is it primarily for all the good work she did. But obviously, underneath that, fueling that life, was that awareness of God and his overwhelming love for us, uh, for her. 
Uh, we've talked a lot about identity in Oasis over the past few years, and you may be thinking, oh, no, not all that again. We've been there, we've done that. Um, but do you know, I don't think we will ever stop speaking about it, and I don't think the Father God will ever stop speaking to us about it, because he knows how easily we forget who we are. It's when we forget who we are and whose we are that we tend to make bad choices. In our family, we were reflecting recently that actually most of the behaviour issues that we notice in the children are about it result from when they are not feeling very secure about who they are and their position in the family. There can sometimes be a jostling for position and attention-seeking behaviour, and it's all stemming from them not feeling secure in how loved they are and how valued and how treasured and unique they are. And we can be like that, can't we? I know I can. In our lives, generally, but also within the church, we sometimes forget how valued and treasured we are, so we seek our significance on what we do or the recognition that we receive. I can evaluate today on how many people come up to me afterwards and say nice things, or I can trust in actually I'm standing here because I'm loved and I'm treasured and I know that Father is pleased with me regardless of what, what, what I am. Um, what recognition I have. We may take offence easily because we put too much regard on how people respond to us. We may withdraw. All of these behaviours manifest when God's children aren't living in the truth of who we are and our unchanging position as sons of God and beloved ones. Can we have the next slide, please? Ephesians 3, verse 17 to 19 says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That was Paul's heart, wasn't it, for the church? If you read through Ephesians, he, it's his heart for the church, and it's, it's an amazing manual and revelation about what church is all about and what it's supposed to be like but that is his heart underneath it is just I pray that you would know how high and deep and wide and long is God's love because he knows that is what changes everything it's so important for us to be actively seeking God and his voice for us because then we realize more of how he's made us individually and what he's put in us that's unique do you know that there is part of himself that he has chosen to reveal to the world through you. God has designed this in the natural realm as well. Our children reveal parts of the parents. Sometimes that's not great, is it? <laughs> you think, oh yeah, that's me. Um, when we see the children, we get a glimpse into what the parents are like. Not fully, but there are physical and behavioural traits that are revealed through the children. I was recently at my dad's house and we were looking through some old photos and I came across one of my dad as a boy. Can we have a look at that photo? It's a bit... uh, I actually took it on my phone and then I've emailed it and we've sort of... So it's not a great, clear picture. But immediately I thought, wow, that looks so much like Zach. And um, I don't think anybody here has met my dad, but you can get a sense of what my dad looks like through knowing Zach and looking at me and looking at Zach. My dad essentially is revealed through his child and through then her child. And you know, when people see us living... Oh, sorry, I need to show the picture of Zach as well, just in case any of you don't know what Zach looks like. 
That's Zach. He told me to tell you that was when he was in his cross-country race. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I think the number gives it away. Um, do you know, when people see us living fully as we were designed to be, they see parts of the Father. If we're not being ourselves and we're not realizing who we were made to be with our unique preferences, interests, talents, and personality, we deprive the world of them being able to see that part of the Father. If you are trying to be someone else, who is doing what you were destined to do and who is revealing what you were made to reveal? Once one of our children said, why do we go to church? Why can't we just... We'd been encouraged, we'd been trying out soaking as a family. And one of them was like, look, I'm lying down. Let's do soaking at home. Let's just soak at home. (laughs) And we were like, oh, we love that heart. But we were trying to explain why do we meet as a church. And I remember saying, do you know that um, Father God has shown himself in individual parts of the church? And when the church all come together, we get to see more of what he's like. We get to see what Father God really is like and what the Holy Spirit is like in the way he interacts in all of us. Um, and that is the truth, isn't it? That actually, me on my own, I have a perspective of God and I, have a, I reveal part of him. But when we're all together, we see more of who he is. When someone brings a song or someone brings a word like today, we get an insight into the Father that they have that we might not have had, but we then get to see that because of us being a whole body. Bill John, there's another. Could I have the next slide, please? Thank you. Bill Johnson said this, I cannot afford to have a thought in my head that is not in his. Think now for a moment of the thoughts you may have had about yourself, even this morning, that are definitely not in his head. Maybe, oh, I'm so clumsy. I'm always forgetting things. I'm never going to get organized. I wish I was more. I'm not a good parent or I'm not a good son or daughter. Is there really, really any point in me being here? Do you know, we need to be renewing our minds with the truth of who the Father says we are. How do we do that? Well, for me, it's about the disciplines that are regularly part of my life and protecting those. It's about reading the Bible and studying the Bible. It's about praying regularly as well as all the time. So spending time specifically just praying for certain things and then on the go all the time talking to him. It's about sometimes for me choosing to listen to a podcast instead of watching catch up while I'm doing the ironing and I'm not being legalistic about that but I know for me recently I was having a conversation with Ruth saying I'm not feeding myself I'm sort of getting carried away in just catching up on these programs and I don't think Father God's going oh that's a bad bad thing but I there's a choice I'm making to expose myself to something that is that is renewing my mind, isn't it? Whatever I'm watching, whatever I'm listening to, it is affecting my thinking. It's affecting what I believe is normal. And actually, it was only a couple of weeks ago, I thought, do you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to listen to something instead. And I felt so different afterwards. I thought, I've just made myself, I've put myself in a position to make myself far more aware of the presence of God in this moment. So instead of thinking about loads of other things, I'm actually now, I'm aware that while I'm doing this mundane task, you're here with me, God. And that it changed the whole thing. And it's about us actively choosing to do those things. Listening to worship music, resting, 
uh, for me, stopping the treadmill of busyness. So I'm too busy going from one thing to another to even think of what God might be saying to me and what he's thinking. I'm just thinking, right, it's two o'clock, I've got to get to this place, I've got to do that. And actually, that can stop us just from having those space to think, what are you saying right now? What are your thoughts about me? When our minds are transformed by the truth of the Father's heart towards us, we will bring transformation to those around us. Another Bill Johnson quote, sorry if I'm over-quoting here. He says, transformed people transform people. Right, the next part, he says, I love my family and I want my children to love being in my family. Could we have our next one, please? These are some of our family pictures. And then could you show the next one, please? I just wanted to show you that not always our children love smiling in our pictures. And (laughs) Zach was like, I'm not going to smile. I don't want to smile. Um, so I just wanted to give you the reality that our family isn't always, we're great, we're great. But we want our children to enjoy being in our family. We want our children to say, I'm glad I'm in this family. I'm pleased to be part of this family. And for us, we are actively seeking to build family memories together where that sense of family is forged through shared experiences. For us, we put a high priority on holidays because we don't just want to share the house together and share the car together and do life alongside each other. We want to build times where we have those shared memories and we have a a strong sense of us being a family unit. In our house, there's photos all over the house and the the purpose of that is for the children to feel like, yeah, I'm part of this family. This is our family and I'm an integral part of this. Uh, One of our children, when they felt very sad and angry, has said a couple of times, I don't want to be in this family anymore. And we know that that is them just speaking out of their feelings. And that's okay. It's okay for them to feel angry. It's okay for them to to feel hurt. And we sometimes say things, don't we, that we don't always mean when we're hurt. But actually, for us, that is one of the most hurtful things that we could hear is, I don't want to be in this family anymore. What does the father feel when we say that and feel that about his family? It's okay for us to speak out feelings, and it, just as it was okay for our child to say that, as it's part of him working out what he was feeling, but our heart is that we don't want him to stay there. We don't want him to think that and feel that for longer than it takes for him to work out his feelings. And you know what? Father God doesn't want any of us to stay that in that place of going, I don't want to be part of his family. And I'm talking about the church now. And this is our expression, is it? Our local expression of family. And I know for me, it's, I feel like God has put in me a deep burden for the church and for the church to work really well and for the church to be all that she is meant to be. But it's the, also the area that I think is a bit of a weakness in terms of I can let my thinking slip and I can quite easily be discouraged and think, It was only a couple of weeks ago I thought, does it really make any difference if I go? And I, on the way here, I quite like running, and I saw these people running, and I was thinking, I'd love to just go out for runs on a Sunday morning. That would be really fun. And all those people who have got all this time. And 
And, uh, do you know, that's okay for me to have those thoughts, but it's not good for me to stay there because basically it's me losing perspective of what this is all about. I'm lo- I've lost perspective when I say those things of why I'm here, that actually I am an integral part of this body and I reveal part of the Father that somebody else doesn't. And actually, this is my family. And so, no, I'm not just coming to church because that's the thing we do. This is God's family and what he, he's building an amazing bride. I just want to be honest about that because um, this is the... Th- you know, it's that sense, isn't it, of sometimes the, the thing that God gives you the most passion about can be the thing that you get more, most easily discouraged about. But I feel like, in all honesty, I'm being intentional, and this is my response, and this is a, a regular ongoing thing for me, is my need to be intentional about guarding my thoughts and what I do with those. The church can be defined as a gathering of believers, We know it's the the body of Jesus, the bride of Christ. Ultimately, it is the Father's family, the beloved. He wants us to love being part of his family. He wants us to rejoice in being in his family. He wants us to say, I love being in this family and you are such a good dad. The Father has chosen that it's through his family that he reveals his manifold wisdom. Ephesians 3 verse 10 says, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know, we are a living testimony of his kindness, his his grace in our lives. Now, when conflicts and hurts are worked out in us, it's living proof that his grace and his wisdom work that his love never fails. Oh, I'm not going to read this because it's quite long, but Ephesians 2, 1.10 is an amazing verse about his intent of, of what he desires through the church. And in Isaiah 61, verse 3, it says, they will be called, talking about the people of God, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 14, we are the light of the world, a city on a hill. Do you know there's a holy jealousy that the Father has for us to be all that we were made to be. Jealousy actually means um, zealous to have all that belongs to you. Envious is when you want something that belongs to somebody else. But actually, biblical jealousy is about you being eager and determined to have all that belongs to you. The Father has a holy jealousy to have all that belongs to him. And actually we are his, his people and we, are, we belong to him and he is jealous. He is eager and zealous to have us, the people that belong to him, for the display of his glory. Um, once we, I was in a meeting and uh, it was a, quite a few years ago, and someone was praying, show us your glory, show us your glory, God, a bit, a bit like this morning, and similar lines. And I was there, and I felt God say, I have, I am, it's you. It's through you, that is my glory. Um, and then I think I had a song along those lines, but it is that's him working through his love, his kindness, his grace, his forgiveness in our lives. We are his glory we are the manifest glory of God. There is obviously that sense of the Shekinah glory, isn't there, of us reveal, seeing 
wow, that revelation of his holiness and his glory. But actually, this is what he's saying. Through the church, he reveals his glory. Um, Last one, second to last one. I want my children to love each other and love being with each other. Could we have the next slide? We caught this photo. We were in the Lake District in October and we were walking. And I was like, quick, get the camera, quick. We've got to have evidence of this photo. Our children are walking happily together, arm in arm. (laughs) Amelia actually said to me a couple of weeks ago, she said, you know, I knew that you had your camera. So I then did it again because the first time they did it and we were, I was like, the camera. And then they'd stopped and they're walking next to each other. She said, I saw you get your camera out. So I said to the boys, come on, let's, let's walk again like that. But it was a moment of they were getting on really well, weren't they? And, and there was something in us that's like, oh, wow, yes. That is what it's all about, isn't it? Our children love each other and they're happy. Um, do you know what? I think Father God feels like that when he sees us living in harmony and love with one another. He's like, yes, that is what I intended it to be like. They love each other. Um, do you know... Oh, hold on. You know, we don't want unresolved conflicts between us, do we? We don't want divisions, hostility, misunderstandings. They are like holes in the walls of the dwelling place. In Ephesians 2, sorry, 22, it says, In him you you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And so when those things come in, they are like holes in the dwelling place, and we don't want that. Do you know, community groups are a great opportunity for you to know others and to love them. My love grows for people when I know them, and when I'm known, the opportunities to be loved increases. People who know me can encourage me. They can pray for me if they know what I'm going through. In Kate... um, I'm part of Cake and Make, which is a, a craft-focused group that meet every Friday, although due to children not being very well and different things, I haven't been for a while. But um, because we meet weekly, we have got to, the people within the group have got to know each other quite a lot. And we do kind of do craft, but mainly we talk and we encourage each other and we chat. But the people who are part of that group, I have got to know much more because of making that commitment to be there. And through that, we kn- I know what's going on in different people's lives. And they know what's going on in my life. Maddie is amazing at um, saying, oh, how did that thing go? And what's happening with that? And I feel so loved. But I have had to make the choice to be part of that. I don't have to. And community groups are a great opportunity for you to make a choice to be in an environment where you can get to know other people and you can be known yourself. Over the next year, there will be different social events that you can choose to be part of. Will you come along and take up the opportunity to know and be known? This increases our love for one another. It does require energy and effort. But that is what earnestly means. Love one another earnestly and with all your heart. It's not a passive adverb, is it? It's active. It's us making those choices. And they are costly sometimes, but we want to love one another.
And finally, I want our family to grow. Matthew 16, verse 18 says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's building his church, isn't he? And the Lord, Acts 2, verse 47, And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. God is building his church. He's wanting his church to extend and grow and increase. Um, in Isaiah, I just read this bit from Isaiah. He talks about the future glory of Zion and says, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. God, the Father, heart of God, He wants Oasis to grow, He wants us to grow in maturity. And he wants us to grow numerically. In the natural, I personally don't want our family to grow in terms of the immediate children. But I do desire that our children grow in maturity. And I do desire, I dream about them having, getting married, having their own children, and then our family growing in that sense. And that's what Father wants for us. He wants us to grow in maturity. He wants us to have that constant awareness and that security of being loved by him. He wants us to realize our place and he wants us to function really well. He wants us to love one another earnestly. I'm just going to read that, finish by reading that slide, the message, just to remind us. So Father says, I love my children so much. I want my children individually to know how loved they are, to be secure in that, and to know they are valued, treasured, and unique. I love my family, and I want my children to love being in my family. I want my children to love each other and love being with each other. I want our family to grow. Right. I'd love us to respond. I realize that some of these things that I've spoken about may require us to respond in a practical way in terms of the the everyday disciplines of our lives, the decisions that we make, maybe to um, be part of a home group, a community group. If you are interested in being part of a community group, then speak to one of the groups, group leaders that's on at the moment. If you're interested even leading a group, please speak to Rachel, Paul Tufnell or myself. But there's a response that we can make this morning. I'd love us to, res- to, to respond this morning. So in a minute, if you're in the ministry team, I thought what Peter did the other week was great when you, we stood at the side so that we spread out. So there's not a focus in one place so that you feel safe to go and pray with someone. If you feel like you just want to pray with somebody specific that you know, then be bold and go up to them and say, can you just pray for me about this? this so... In terms of response, because we have that slide. Thank you. So these are the things I'm thinking. Do you need a fresh revelation of the Father's love for you? Do you need to hear the Father's voice about your unique identity, revealing what he's put in you, your gifts, talents, and desires? Do you need to see the church the way the Father sees her? Do you need a new love for being in his family? Do you need to practically sort out a broken relationship Do you need to make a choice not to withdraw? Do you want to speak to someone about going to a community group or leading a group? So Mark, if that's right, Mark's going to come and play.
And if you want to just respond on your own, just between you and God, that's absolutely fine. But I'd love to encourage you, if you want someone to pray for you, this is a really good opportunity to take it and to be bold and to to go and approach one of the ministry team. If the ministry team could go and spread themselves out on the side, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much. Father, I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you just like that father holding that new baby. You look at us individually and say, wow, look what I have made. Look how beautiful my creation is. I thank you for your love, Father. And I pray that right now that we would receive a fresh revelation of your desire for us, your intentional love for us. I thank you we're secure in your arms. I thank you you're never going to drop us, you're never going to put us down. You love us, you hold us. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you've put us in a family. I thank you that you love You love your family. And I pray now, Lord, that you would show us our part in your family. I pray that you would give us your perspective of your family. How much you love your family. How much you love seeing your children loving each other. I thank you. It delights your heart when we love one another. I thank you that you've revealed part of yourself through us. That when people see us, they see the Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would show us now if we need to change our thinking about ourselves, change our thinking about your family. I pray, Lord, that we would have your thoughts in our head that it would be your thoughts that we have in our head, that we would take thoughts captive that don't belong to you and we would put them aside. And Lord, I pray for us, our testimony would be that we don't, that we live with the awareness of your presence more clearly than anything else in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are building Oasis Church. You are building us, and we are your family.